Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. So here we go with another tennis podcast recorded about two hours after original plans because of Denis Shapovalov and Alexander Zverev delayed us because uh, they got involved in an exciting match in a warehouse uh, also known as Paris Indoor Court Number One. Um, and uh, Catherine Whitaker. Hello, Catherine. Hello, David. Hello, uh, Matt Roberts. Hello. Hello. And myself were all watching it and having a conversation in which we also started to reveal the contents of our sixth form uh, experience where I was thrown out of geography, Catherine was refused entry into her history exams, and uh, Matt Roberts, well, he didn't put a foot wrong. I don't quite know how we got onto any of that. Uh, this is a tennis podcast. We are going to talk about the WTA finals, which was all a bit downbeat today, I have to say. Uh, but we've got loads of loads of other stuff to talk about as well. You're going to trail more sadness. Yes, <laughs> I mean, come on, Catherine. What is going on? We've had, a, I think, we've had five days, and we've had three players pull out of the entire thing. It's no good, is it? It's not. I mean, it's always a risk with end-of-year events, but it is it's rubbish. It's absolutely yeah. rubbish. It is an unrecognisable tournament to the one that we started with <laughs> because about 40% of the players have changed. Yeah. I mean, they have run out of... I mean, it's a good job that we're into the semi-finals nearly because we've run out of alternates. Uh, Arena Sabalenka was, was going to be next in, which would have been fine. But uh, anyway, Sevier Kenin is now going to have to replace uh, Bianca Andreescu, who officially pulled out of tomorrow's matches. But today the withdrawal was Kiki Burton's in the second match of the day. And it kind of came without any warning. She was 5-3 up against Belinda Bencic. Everything was going swimmingly. And uh, and she's got a three-love head-to-head advantage over Bencic. And then... She hit one shot. I, th- I thought initially she'd got a back problem because she sort of slightly winced and, and held her, held the lower part of her back. But then it became clear that it was more an illness. And actually, I mean, slightly worryingly, it started to look a bit more like what she'd had uh, 
at Roland Garros when she pulled out of the second round, didn't she, there? And she had a really bad gastrointestinal infection. Yeah, viral illness, I think, has been given as the official reason. She said to her coach um, that she couldn't bend down for sh- for shots, that that's what she was struggling with. I mean, I hadn't seen much inkling of it in the first set. She led by a break, didn't she, Um at one stage in the first yeah. set before Benchich came back and took it 7-5. So it felt a little bit out of the blue, but I suppose not in the context of this <laughs> tournament. Or her season. Is, um, I mean, which, no, if you I mean, consider it, how long, how many matches, this was her 81st singles match. It's a lot of tennis, isn't it? It, it, was, it was, I'm sure, a lot more so for her, but it was quite harrowing to, to have those echoes of... Um, of what happened to her in Paris. That was one of the most startling moments of the season, wasn't it? And I kind of yeah. buried it. Um, but it was, yeah, I mean, she went she went into Roland Garros as one of the strong favourites to win that title. And, you know, given that we ended up with a relatively surprise winner there at the time, not implausible at all that had she not um, had that illness, she could have ended up lifting that title. So yeah, that was a. It was a. It was an unwelcome reminder of uh, one of the stranger and more distressing moments of the of the twenty nineteen season. Mm. Well done to Belinda Bencic, who win, wins through to the semi finals and remains on course for Catherine to be right. It was quite one of those where Catherine picked her to be the champion, and then about an hour and a half later, when she lost her first match completely revised that judgment um well i just need her to stay fit and healthy and she'll be fine because everyone else will have pulled out yeah <laughs> by sunday somebody, just wrap yourself in cotton wool till sunday belinda somebody did suggest that maybe sophia kenning might win it just because she's the only one left standing <laughs> at the end yes yeah someone responded to my tweet saying the last four will be that last four is a very appropriate term for the semi-finals because literally they are the the last four players who are fit yeah oh it's such a shame such yeah, a shame it is um and and, and i feel like well, i feel like if this were if this were happening in the atp finals which it, it has happened more there recently and it's been, always been a lot of hypothesizing about well it's probably because they're playing five sets at slams and all that kind of thing i think this is this is proof that actually it's I don't think it's too much to do with the sets that they play at slams four times a year. I just think there's a bit too much tennis generally. And certainly in Burton's case, I mean, what a mammoth effort she's had to put in to even get here, playing every week since the US Open. I mean, it's it's not it's not totally surprising, really, that she's ended up kind of getting an illness and being completely shot of any energy, running on fumes. And those eight weeks were split across... Asia and Europe she's gone back and forth in that time I mean I think she was kind of waiting this was just going just bound to happen eventually I think mm. yeah it's a real shame yeah she's hit the wall and also they're yeah they're, they're on these planes with all these what must mm. be pretty unhealthy circumstances when you're on planes that much even if you're in the nice bit um, the air's still the same or at least I believe it is I've <laughs> never been up there <laughs> but anyway um so um, before that, we had uh, – who else played today? I can't even remember who played. Kvitova. <laughs> yeah, oh, she didn't look much healthier either. Oh, dear, oh, dear. She was out of gas. 
after a, she about is on five the games. first flight out of Shenzhen. Yeah, I mean she she basically came out and decided to throw the kitchen sink at Ash Barty for as long as she could, and that lasted about three and a half games. <laughs> um, and once Barty had soaked that up, she took over, and and it, it did add weight. The performance of Barty definitely added weight to that that feeling that the round-robin element was part of the problem a couple of days ago in the way she tailed away against Burton's because there was nothing of that today, was there? She was clinical. She was ruthless. I thought she was fantastic today. Yeah, she was so fantastic. It, it, it again, made the uh, the result and the, the spectacular drop-off against Burton's a couple of days ago feel all the more inexplicable because it was... Normal service resumed today for Frash Barty. Her serve was back on, her forehand was back on. She'd found a rhythm. The the slices were biting into the court. It was she was great. I mean Kvitova was pretty bad, I would I would say. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say she was she was bad. The court doesn't suit her. I think she had just had enough. <laughs> of the whole thing, you know. Remember, I think of Kvitova as being a really good indoor player. She ought to be a really good indoor player. Uh, and I know this is, these are very particular indoor conditions, aren't they? But it was just a whole concoction of bad things. This surface is a joke, It is a joke. because um, And in our BT Sports studio, Joe Jury and... And, and Kjothavong were going to town on it because, you know, at the end of the year, you're, you've got drained players and they're, they're grinding it out and looking miserable and give them something to work with. At least make it even, at least make it medium if you're not going to make it quick. Uh, I mean, and, and, uh, and maybe that's unfair because it's, I don't think that's the reason Kiki Burton's has got, got ill today. Of course not. Um, but, it's, it certainly would have helped a more level playing field. I don't know enough about the manufacture. I don't even know if that's the right word. The, the manufacturing process of a new tennis court to know whether it's an exact science, whether you phone up the manufacturer and say, I'd like a, a medium-paced indoor tennis court, please, to deliver to Shenzhen in October 2019, or whether it's a less binary process than that, whether it's a sort of um, slightly greyer, fluffier kind of, you know, let's suck it and see type thing, or whether there even is a that much of a discussion about what speed they'd like. I mean, surely there is, but then, I don't, I don't know. Did, does anyone know? Well, you also, you also get players going on a court and disagreeing about whether it's quick or not, don't you? Um, although mm. they seem this week to be absolutely universally in agreement that this That's is what slow. I mean. I mean, is it possible that the WTA were on the phone to Tennis Courts R Us saying, hey, <laughs> we wanted a medium well, so paced we, court. We've, we've, we've got a Australia. sandpaper court. This we, we've, is... we've had both extremes in Australia over the years, haven't we? And and even in the US Open. Remember when, you know, you were talking yesterday, Catherine, I think about Kvitova being unable to hit through the courts. And I was thinking back to how one Martin Del Potro couldn't even hit winners on that US Open court against Novak Djokovic in the final a couple of years yeah. ago. 
or last year. Last year, yeah. And Jim Curry said he thought they'd slowed it down for John Isner, which is one of the more niche niche bits of punditry that that I've heard. Do it for Sam. (laughs) But that's it. You have heard, whether it be tournament directors or people like talk about conscious slowing down or speeding up of courts in the past. So I, I do think it is a thing that you can control. I don't quite know how it happens, but I definitely think they could have laid a faster court if they wanted to. Um, but yeah, I was really struck by Kvitova's recent record at this tournament. That's now two years in a row. She's gone um, zero wins and three losses. And for someone whose tennis is like often considered to be pretty much the best when she's on to have such a poor recent record against the best is pretty, pretty concerning. I just think it's what Joe jury was saying to you in commentary, David, that most of the time you go out on a tennis court and you play average, like you can't be expected to play your best all the time, but Kvitova's average level just seems to be lower than the other players in this field. And, um, and actually I think she plays I don't think she plays that that more standard level that everybody else plays. She either plays incredibly mm. well or it looks awful. Yeah, um, and she has enough good weeks over a season where she can put together a – well, she can qualify for the WTA finals as she does consistently, but it's not necessarily built on year-round consistency. It's kind of built on just a few weeks here and there. Um, yeah. So that leaves us with only one more meaningful match before the semi-finals because tomorrow is uh, <laughs> Simona Halep against Karolina Pliskova tomorrow um, and the other one is Kenin against, who's she playing now? Svitolina. Svitolina, which is an irrelevance really. It's an, it's an exhibition match. Playing for 450 grand. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'd probably try quite hard i'd probably try harder than against matt if i was can you can you imagine playing a playing a tennis match or doing anything in your life that where the stakes were 450 grand and having people think of it as an irrelevance (laughs) (laughs) i mean i know what you mean and you're right but let's just take a step back do you know what they should do do you know that, that maybe they should just say whoever wins uh it goes to charity don't think well, Kenin's going to go Sof- for that. Sophia Kenin's week's been for nothing. <laughs> she's she spent a whole week having massages all day long. It would be such a shame if that were for nothing. So can you think of anything in life where somebody would get massages throughout a week and that that would be regarded <laughs> as for nothing? Oh, it's, we're too far down the rabbit hole. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Right. So that that was it, really. And then uh, in the semi-finals, we've ended up with <laughs> it was really rubbish. Today. Belinda Bencic <laughs> against um, who's she playing now? Svitolina. Well, it, no, Barty no, against Svitolina. No, Barty against Svitolina in the either Pliskova or Halep. Hold on, what have we got now? It's the winner it's winner of this group who is Barty against either Halep or Pliskova. Yeah, yeah. and it's. Bencic against the winner of that group, which is Svitolina. Who is Svitolina? Oh, I'm sick of round robin already. We haven't even had the (laughs) ATP finals. We haven't even had the next gen. Oh, Oh, I can't. I don't have the mental capacity to get involved with first to four scoring again. Best of five, first to four. I I just, I'm going to have to 
just float above the next gen finals and Davis Cup finals extent. and and, uh, and Daisy Big Cup are me. all everything's round robin for like the next mm. two months everything oh god <laughs> did you see they've cancelled the no let rule in, in the next gen that was that was one of my favourite rules <laughs> that's, that's my favourite rule change yeah oh. they've got rid of it because apparently the players hate it right that's the best one I know <laughs> The, the players in irre- are in irrelevance. Sorry, they're about yeah. twelve years old, and they can do what they're told, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, right. Well, let's get away from um, the Hubert double- Hercatch hates the let rule, so his the whole world must bow to his demands. I don't even know if he's next gen <laughs> anymore. I don't think he is. Can't but believe what? you're picking on Hubert. That's I don't harsh. think he's next gen. I don't know Ugo and Bear. <laughs> I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> um, so. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Anyway, let's move on to Denis Shampovalov and Alexander Zverev, which was a slightly jollier, more energetic occasion in the car park court which <laughs> which i mean it, it it was absolutely jam-packed with people but it is it doesn't look like uh, a masters 1000 tennis tournament when you look at it and yet i love it i absolutely love how you suddenly get taken back to basics and you're you're given this camera angle which is head height to the players and you get to see well actually I, I think we've talked about it before how you get to see these wonderful spins that they put on the ball the violence that they're hitting the ball with the movement you get to see it in a different way um and it was it was a good match i don't i don't think zverev played well 
at all. He looks he's qualified now for the O2, hasn't he? And and again, I did sense a little bit of I've qualified. I can't really be bothered. There was a bit. Do you think of that. so? I did feel like that. Yeah. I, I, even even if it wow. was only subconsciously, I, I you know I'm not saying he didn't try, but I, the edge wasn't there. Well, if that's the case, that's alarming because he really, really ought to be bothered for for a Masters 1000. Just subconsciously, match like though, that, a, a against bit like, another. But, but, but it's I like know, Barty again. Gen, the other but you day. know what I mean. I look at it like Barty the other day, just having in the back of a mind: Does it really matter? You know, I I want that kind of match to matter, Tim. Yeah, but that's part of his problem, isn't it? He has got that sort of slight entitlement. Barry Cowan was saying in commentary, and I think he got this right at the start of the match. You'd got Zverev walking out from the the sit down, you know, where they come out, they put their bags down and he took forever to get up and actually go for the coin toss as though he really couldn't be bothered, you know, and you got Dennis jumping up and down and, and Zverev didn't really look ready to start the match. And lo and behold, he was a breakdown within a few minutes time. Um, I thought Shapovalov was excellent today for the most part, and he probably should have won in straight sets, but this is a big deal to him. This is the, these are the first sets he's ever won against Zverev, and he beat him in three sets. It reminded me quite of a lot of the match that Shapovalov won against Sitsipas. I think in, was it Indian Wells or Miami? One of those two. Miami. Miami. And uh, again, that was on the second court. Fantastic oh, match. That was so good. It was wonderful. Um, but there are definitely strides being taken by Shapovalov. I mean, he's got a long way to go. He's got another year and a half's worth of Mikhail Yuzhny yeah. drilling him into the ground like a sergeant major over the next eighteen months. But I think the, the potential is 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 there. What did you What did you think of his performance overall, Catherine? I still think it's looking quite raw. I still think the way he's playing looks quite raw, and I think there are improvements with Yuzhny. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's 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 going to be a hard grind. It's a long road. I hope they're both set in for that. I'm sure Eugenie is, but he doesn't mind a long road, does he? Um, but I mean, and he did hit the worst volley that I have ever hit, ever seen a professional tennis player hit. I don't understand how someone whose job it is to play tennis hits a volley that bad. It's describe it's, it. Well, he was standing over the net. I mean, he had an open court. He's standing over the net. It's a forehand volley. It is, he doesn't even have to move. The ball is sailing towards his racket. And it's at head height. It could not be more perfect. And uh, it uh, he hit it and it bounced before the net. There wasn't even any space between him and the net. But <laughs> it bounced before the net. It, 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 was, it was so rubbish a rubbish club player would cringe at it, would turn around and go, oh, if you were playing doubles, uh, you're a rubbish club player, you're playing doubles and you miss that volley, you'd turn around to your partner and go, oh, mate, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've, never, I've never done anything like that before. <laughs> I mean, I must say. It was, I mean, I don't know how that happens. But anyway, um, but... Well. I understand. I understand the agony of hitting a shot that bounces before the net, Dennis. So I feel your pain. However, you came back and won, unlike me. So well done. And it, as you made reference to some of that, he has been involved 
in so many of my peak tennis watching moments of the year, Denis Shapovalov. He reels me in, you know, sat with Four Beers Law in a bar in New York watching that match against Gael Morfis. Um, the match he played, the the two matches, the, the TFO match in Miami on another car park he caught, out, an outdoor car park, a great car park he caught. Yeah. Um, but, you know, relative to the, the first court, um, the um, the main court, main stadium in Miami, a lot smaller. And then that Sitsipas match um, in Miami as well. He, he's electrifying at his best, completely electrifying. And I... I may be, I may be overly harsh on him because I want him to succeed so much because I, I want as many of those moments as possible. Do you think we're seeing major strides, Matt? Strides for sure. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that David was shade. <laughs> strides. I mean, I almost think he needs to be like less spectacular. Like he needs to knuckle down and just find ways to win points by making the opponent miss a bit more which is what i saw today um he was using that chip return quite quite effectively and zverev doesn't deal particularly well with that sort of thing he sort of he looks a bit uncertain whether he needs to come forward off it or stay back and he makes a lot of errors um and yes he cleaned up his serve a lot shapovalov i think he's quite high on the double fault list this this season, but there weren't too many today. And I do think this, since he started working with Yuzny, we've definitely seen a more strategic Shapovalov. I'm slightly worried about the off season coming at the wrong time for Shapovalov. Like he is getting a bit of momentum and we do see it a lot where a player has a good kind of autumn winter and then comes out and doesn't look like they've carried that on in the new year. So I Needs really hope he does. Needs to go on the, uh, the Roger Federer exhibition road trip. Wow. Yes, they said in commentary that Zverev is going to be following Federer around <laughs> over, over the off-season, <laughs> which I thought was actually quite an accurate description. The thing is, I, I actually think that Shapovalov, if anybody needs a, a proper grown-up off-season, it is him. He needs to hang out with Mikhail Yuzhny and not be allowed to have a good time at all for six weeks, not be allowed to post on social media, not allowed to, to engage in normal society, but just to be drilled and driven around a tennis court until he has to go to bed. <laughs> That's basically it. And, and taught how to be a pro, a professional player, not just a, a vastly talented junior which he's okay that that damns him that's unfair but it's not wildly unfair he 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 needs to become a proper pro yeah he needs to go on a um a um ashes pre ashes style boot camp have you seen the documentary the edge no. no, I haven't. Although I, I'm, I'm, I did look that up actually, so I might, um, I might watch uh, that after uh, I've seen Succession and after I've seen the other twenty-eight box sets that you've recommended. The um, before the uh, which which one would it have been? Two thousand and nine, two thousand and nine Ashes series in Australia. The. Uh, this is cricket, everybody. <laughs> the, uh, the England the uh, England team were taken 
for a they didn't know where they were going and uh Andy Flower oh. the no, notoriously um hard as nails um coach at the time had booked for them to go on the most despair filled bleak um a boot camp in the wintry german earth out in the woods and they all thought they were going to like oktoberfest or something they were all like headed to the <laughs> airport going yeah it's gonna be great yes and, like you know two days later they're doing press-ups in the snow this is it this is it a year ago <laughs> dennis what, was rapping now he needs yeah. to be doing push-ups press-ups right? in the snow I- Please. I would, I would, I would urge, urge caution with extreme <laughs> training methods. Having, having witnessed Fulham under Felix Magat, who the story goes got the Fulham team to run up a mountain with, and then when they got to the top, instead of giving them the water, he poured it all away and then made them go all the way back down. Has he been prosecuted for that? Or he was, he was a nutter, a, a certified nutter. <laughs> I can't believe I've brought him up on this podcast because I hate the man. <laughs> right. Well, he's had his moment. Matt looks genuinely distressed. That's the, the Do you remember when those stories that. emerged of, um, well, it must have come out in an interview or something, of Andre Agassi's training regime with Gil Rays, where it, it, he talked about um, running up and down sand dunes with bricks on his back. Magic Mountain. Yeah. yeah. Rocky style. Horrifying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely horrifying. So elsewhere today we had uh, Novak Djokovic beating Kyle Edmund. Brilliant first set tiebreak, 9-7. And then the most entertaining part of the whole evening was when Novak Djokovic tried to give the on-court interview and has basically got no voice at the moment because he's got a really bad case of the lurgy. Um, yeah, it sounds really, sounds 40-a-day ropey, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, don't, I don't wish ill health on the bloke, but goodness me, I've... I really, I really wasn't expecting that when he opened his mouth. Um, but anyway, we would really have known about it if 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 Zverev had that cold, wouldn't we? <laughs> yes, Zverev was letting everybody know how irritated with life he was uh, in his uh, in his defeat. Um, and uh, yeah, it's Halloween today, which is why I've had my hood up for the first five minutes of the podcast. Then I realised the listeners can't hear it, so I've taken it off. Um, and uh, any other results of note today? We've had Stan Wawrinka playing Rafael Nadal tonight. We haven't seen that one yet. Sitsipas has won, so it's Sitsipas Djokovic now. Yes, please. Yeah. I think I don't know. I think I think Sitsipas might get him this time. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he really does sound ropey, Djokovic. Um, he's not hundred percent, is he? Yeah, he's not hundred percent at all. So I'd say, I'd say yes. I'd say uh, provided Sitsipas has enough in the tank, which I. Th- I think he does. I didn't see much of today, but by all accounts, he looked looked really good against Dumanor. I'd say that's a that's a good opportunity for Sitspass. Um, Dimitrov beating team that big corner turn for Dominic team, David. No, but it's, he's just knackered. And he's anyway, stalled. I'm, I'm not going to stalled at the traffic lights. I'm not going to be down on that because Dimitrov, huh? So it's going to be <laughs> we, the, the the dream the dream Dimitrov Dennis final is on. I'm starting to put Dimitrov in the Yelena Ostapenko category of what on earth are we going to see from him week after week? I mean, yeah. what do you what what methods are there for predicting well, whether pre- you're going to see a world-beating 
Grigor Dimitrov are an absolute shell of a man. I prefer that to the I definitely think he's going to lose and play like a drain <laughs> version. So He was um, I'm trying to remember who was he playing in the first round in this week, Dimitrov. He lost the first set. And he was. He was playing like an absolute drain. I texted you and said he's playing like a drain. <laughs> this happens a lot. <laughs> and then since then, it's as if he saw that message and went, F you, Catherine Whitaker." <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that was it. He was playing, he was playing the aforementioned Ugo and Bear. <laughs> oh, Bob right. Ugo. <laughs> yeah. Blimey. He's having the world, the rules changed Good around win. him. Good win, Ugo. I um, don't know well, if Ugo and Bear is specifically requested. Incidentally, if, if Dimitrov wins his next match, which is against Christian Garin, Dimitrov will finish the season in the top 20. Wow. How has that happened? Semi-final of the US Open, that's how. He's not done yet. Uh, I should also quote Bagpuss on Twitter, who's written to us and said, during the Shapovalov-Zverev match, don't know why Zverev doesn't get a job he likes. Which I thought was quite <laughs> quite apt. Um, incidentally, yeah. one of the notes from a former colleague of ours on the tennis circuit, Tom Ulnert, who these days is covering football in Spain for Associated Press, I think it is. Um, he has... He has said today that he was at a, a press conference with Gerard Piquet and he said that Piquet said that the Davis Cup plan is for a two-week tournament with 24 teams in the future. Uh, he said, we sent Federer a letter and was surprised by his statements. Um, the, he, he said they see Davis Cup as competing with his competition. And he added he'd be happy for Federer to change football. Would he be... So interested to do so. Who would think it? Interesting. What would Federer do to football if he had the chance? Probably give Basel a bye through the <laughs> early stages of the Champions what would League. Federer do to football? Probably set up his own little <laughs> rival to the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at Tennis Podcast. Let us know what you think. Right. Well, anything else? Anything else before we uh, bid goodnight? Catherine's got the beer out already, I see. She just sort of sneaked that into the picture here on the phone in her apartment. Um, and uh, I've got no beers at all, hence why I'm having a rubbish time, apart from the conversation we've enjoyed for the last 32 minutes. Um, Absolutely savage <laughs> I've, I've treasured these 30 minutes as much as you have David yes indeed right it's Halloween folks I'm off to trick or treat and uh, we've been the tennis podcast brought to you in association with the Telegraph executive produced by tennisballs.com mascot Rio with a Y <laughs> Uh, stop laughing <laughs> and uh, we'll be back with another one of these tomorrow uh, where hopefully nobody retires see you then 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 